Every day, we rise, challenging ourselves to work for what we believe in. At U.S. Border Patrol, protecting our borders is more than a job. It's a calling. Agents answer the call, working together to keep our country and communities safe. If you are ready for a new mission, join U.S. Border Patrol and go beyond. Learn more at cbp.gov slash careers. Yeah. It's Mr. Encore. Fantasy, sports, and politics. Crew. Yeah. Check. Fantasy, sports, and politics. Ain't no other talk show hot as this. Cover every sport and we get it all right. Log on the site, you can listen tonight. Talk about the game, who in first place. You can even call up, state your own case. Football, b-ball, soccer too. Log on, ain't nobody stopping you. It's fantasy, sports, and politics crew. Yeah, come on. Fantasy, sports, and politics crew. Yeah. Fantasy Sports and Politics Crew uh. Fantasy Sports and Politics Crew Yeah, lock on Peace Hello everyone and welcome, sorry for the delay I am JT, a.k.a. The Master And as always, um, at 8 o'clock this time You're on the FSP Crew Show The number to call in is 347-637-3220 347-637-3220 is a place to be if you want to talk to uh, the fantasy football crew. And that consists of uh, Jeff and me. And without further ado, let's bring my esteemed co-host in here. I know he's been sitting on the line waiting for me to come in here. And I appreciate the patience. What's up, Jeff? Hey, what's going on, Jerry? Hey, like Meatloaf used to sing, two out of three ain't bad. <laughs> yes. Uh there's a, a few things have been going on. Um, sorry for the delay, man. I've been uh, extremely busy, and I got lost track of time. And uh, let's get this show started. Okay. It's that time of year. Training camp has been going on for a little more than uh, a week. And uh, guys have been going down left and right. And uh, one of the biggest guys to go down, unfortunately, I got to talk about this guy because he, even his owner talked about him. And the guy also had an article or, or something online, which uh, to me was disturbing um, and uh, not disturbing. I can't say that. Surprising. Let me put it that way. Uh, I'm talking about the um, uh, uh, all pro. Uh, running back from the Houston Texans, my Houston Texans, Arian Foster, uh, who went down again with a soft tissue injury, a groin injury. He ripped the groin muscle off the bone, and he's got requiring surgery, and he'll be out, going to be on the um, injured list, to return later, which means that the guy's going to be uh, on the IR, temporary IR, I should say, whatever you want to call it, uh, for the first eight eight weeks of the season. And then after that, there's a bye week. So it's really nine weeks into the season before there's a possibility of week 10 him getting on the field. That's if all works out well, and he's totally healed. The problem is, is Arian Foster is not a quick healer. Never has been. Um, even before the Texans were a, a my team, um, one of the things I do study is in, is in running backs, Jeff, and Arian Foster has been a habitual um, injury uh, waiting to happen season after season, and when it does happen, it seems like it's always a nagging injury. He never gets totally healed, and um, like I said, he's a slow healer. What's your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, he does have that uh, reputation, and uh, I was thinking he had a good backup a couple of years ago, um, Ben Tate, who's, uh, who's available. Uh, he kind of 
you know, copped a lot of attitude last year, and I guess uh, without a contract, it's, uh, you know, but they got a different coaching staff now in Houston and whatever. And there have been, you know, I think they flew in Pierre Thomas for a workout, and there, there's some named guys available, uh, Chris Johnson, Steven Jackson. But, you know, the, these running backs, it's kind of like cars. It's not necessarily the age, it's the mileage, you know. And some of these cats got a lot of mileage. Um but, yeah, uh, I think you're referring to uh, uh, Arian Foster. Uh, he, he said that uh, he didn't believe in God, which. Yes, yes. That, that, that's his right. But I'll tell you, if I was playing football down in Texas, I would <laughs> keep that to myself. Yes, that's, what, that's one of the things I was, I, I was talking about. Like, you know, that's more information than you need to d- d- dispense out, especially in the state you live in. So. Uh, a, a state you play in, I should say, you, the team that you play for. Uh, I wouldn't have uh, put that information out there. Uh, I don't know why he did. I didn't read the whole article, um, but uh, it's the type of um, information that you keep. You keep to, in, in my opinion, you keep to yourself, especially in the state you are, uh, because of well, the, the way it is. Uh, we'd have a full crew here, Jeff, because I'm going to welcome my man from the DC DMV area um, and uh, see what he has to say. What's up, my man? Uh, you, and your, uh, you and your you uh, and your um, uh, uh, text that you text me when Arian Foster went down. I appreciate <laughs> that. I really appreciate that, Mike, you know. <laughs> I, I thought I thought you were being the state of morning today, but I said, let me try to shift the ball and get on here today. Let me tell you something. Let me let me tell you exactly what happened today. It was a hell of a coincidence. On the last stop of my day today, uh, uh, I had to go to a um, a cigar shop. I'm not a, a a a smoker. I don't smoke anything, and uh, I had to go to a uh, um. A place of business that you could sit down, watch TV, uh, surf the net if you want, and uh, um, partake in a cigar or two, depending on what it is. So it's, I don't want to say it's a smoke shop, but it's a cigar shop. And um, one of the gentlemen that uh, greeted me after I walked in the door, uh, I thought I was a customer, later found out I was there to do some business, um, told me, Right off the cuff, right off the cuff, without even me prompting him, as soon as he opened his mouth, I knew he wasn't from Jersey because he had a had a uh, twang. And when I say he had a twang, he had a Texas twang. He t- told me his name, told me he was from Houston, Texas. And then my next question is, so are you a Texan fan or are you a cowboy fan? Well, as soon as I said cowboy black, his face turned and says, no, hell no, I'm not a Cowboy fan. I happen to be a Houston Texan fan. And I damn near hugged him because to find a Houston Texan fan in New Jersey is few and far between. And uh, we struck up a nice conversation for quite a bit of time before I even was able to do any uh, uh, business uh, because, uh, like I said, you don't find them uh, that often. And when I do talk to him, I uh, had to talk to him, and he wasn't. He was down in the dumps also, and we're so we were consoling each other because our main <laughs> running back, <laughs> our main running back, went down, and we both were at a loss. Like, who the hell do we turn to now? Alfred Blue, Jonathan Grimes, Kenny Hilliard, uh, who they just drafted uh, in the in the uh, later rounds in in uh, of this past draft. Um, and I understand they got Pierre Thomas. I really wasn't a Pierre Thomas fan at all. Uh, I don't think he would fit that system, and I don't think he's a a, um, a game changer, uh, which you need in, in that position because the Houston Texans rely so heavily on the uh, uh, running back position. They ran the most of every any team in the league, and so they're going to put a lot of emphasis on the run. I'm going to pro- – Pro, um, 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 put this out there because um, I, this is what my train of thought was and it was a coincidence because he happened to be on the TV I think yesterday or the day before 
in an interview. Uh, I'm going to go to Jeff first, and then I'm going to go to uh, uh, Mike on your uh, opinion of whether the Houston Texans, I don't think they've ever uh, broached it or even thought about it or even came close to making that phone call to uh, New Jersey. I think he's in New Jersey. Maybe he's upstate New York, wherever he's at. To a uh, former player from Rutgers, former player from the Baltimore Ravens, who's gotten to a hell of a lot of trouble and in a lot of hot water and basically is a pariah, uh, in my opinion, in the from in the league, and maybe blackball too. Uh, Jeff, what's your thoughts on Ray Rice going to Houston? You know, um, it, very rarely will I speak up for a guy after doing something as bad as Ray Rice. But you know what? He admitted it. He seems remorseful. You know, the, the justice system dealt with it. Uh, it's not like he's in denial. It's not like he's acting like he didn't do anything wrong. And, you know, he was never in any trouble before. And I'm kind of familiar with him because, you know, he, he went to Rutgers and he's from the New York area, from uh, New Rochelle. Right. And, you know, I, personally, I'd like to see him get a chance. But it, it besides the bad publicity, because I don't think I heard Dallas might take him, but they already got a guy for domestic abuse. You don't want two of those. They'll, they'll, they would take a beating over that. Yeah, sure um, they would. The, um... And then there was another team that they're doing um, hard knocks this year. Is that Houston. Cleveland? I can't. Yeah. No, so, Houston's Houston, Houston oh, doing Cleveland, hard knocks. I heard that that's a problem because they don't want, you know, all the cameras and all the attention and whatever when they're filming. So that might be an issue. Okay. Um, it, it hurts Rice because his last year was a big disappointment. He only averaged 3.1 yards a carry, he wasn't healthy. But, right. you know, he got himself into shape, whatever. And uh, his former college coach, Greg Ciano, was trying to help him get with a team. Uh, you, you know, these running backs, you know, um, they, they really now favor the younger guys now. And mm-hmm. uh, But, you know, uh, Ray Rice was very good for most of his yes. career. Uh, yes. Good receiver, uh, good between the tackles. Um, but, uh, hey, you know, just because – you can play doesn't mean a team is obligated to take a chance on you, and it's usually a talent-driven thing, and I guess they, they, some teams figure it's not worth the hassle. Before I go to you, Mike, uh, and I have to address this because you're right, Jeff. He had probably, in fact, I would say probably, he had worse worst uh, season of his career because he was dealing with a hip issue, and he, it was a perfect storm besides – Dealing with a hip issue, the offensive line of the um, uh, uh, that year of the Baltimore Ravens was not that good, and even uh, the his replacements uh, didn't uh, fare well in the running um, portion of the offense. Uh, but and everybody reflects back on that three point one. I think he had three point one or something like that uh, uh, rushing average, but. Fail to realize, and, and, I, and I still bring this up, and, and fail to realize that, just like you said, he was dealing with uh, some health issues, which uh, he got healthy after that year, and was dealing with an offensive line that wasn't the, the best. So, like I said, it was a perfect storm. Um, I think since, he, since that year, he hasn't rushed since 2013 because of what happened last year. But... Um, He's 28. I think he's 28. I, I think he, he's been working out. Uh, it's it's a mind-boggling that a guy that was a at one point an All-Pro uh, had one bad season due to inst- extenuating circumstances, uh, and he usually was a a guy that uh, uh, was relatively healthy and, and ran well when he was healthy. The one time that he didn't was when he he got hurt and couldn't um, perform the way he normally would perform because uh, the injury that he had and because, like I said, of his offensive line. That's held against him on top of the fact that uh, what he had uh, done in a 2014 season. But to not get a invite, a, a look, you know, I got to believe, and and uh, you guys are big on politics in the NFL, 
and, and, and I got to believe that it's been a and, – and play, you've seen players that, that it's done to, that nobody wants to look at them again. They pretty much turn their back on them. Um, the, it, 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 for all intents and purposes, blackballed and uh, just fade, fade away into the sunset. And I think, uh, unfortunately, this may be Ray Rice's uh, legacy that he's going to fade away. But it's a shame. I think he's still got something left in the tank, and uh, uh, nobody giving him an opportunity because they want to take. The, I guess they don't want to take the chance of taking that hit. But uh, if one could do it, um, Bob Nair, who seems like a fair guy, um, meaning the owner and, and the coach, who's dealt with adversity and, and ridicule of a, a, a of an organization. Uh, when he Bill O'Brien being a coach that he took over for Joe Paterno, or he took over uh, during that time when they were uh, taboo, meaning, meaning Penn State would be the best duo to, and with Rick Smith, would be the best trio to be able to handle uh, a situation like, as in bringing in Ray Rice. But we don't know if, if that conversation ever took place, that thought process ever took place. Um, uh, all we got was Pierre Thomas, I think Joe McKnight, uh, and I, I'm not exactly sure who else was uh, involved in uh, with some workouts. But uh, Pierre Thomas was not the answer for me, and thank God he he didn't want to take the league minimum. Otherwise, we would have Pierre Thomas on our roster right now. Talk to me, Mike. Uh, he, he's he's done. I don't think he's going to be invited to come in any camps to go play anywhere. Ray Rice is done. However, uh, you can give Steven Jackson a call if you need a running back. So you can give Chris Johnson a call if you need a running back. But as far as Ray Rice, is, is, is this is this too much around in that situation for any team to even deal with that? Okay. So he's saying a, a – well, let me ask you something, Mike. Out of all the – uh, running backs, you you uh, na- you and I named. Who do you think has the most ability right now? The most ability, uh, I would go with Chris Johnson. If you have to do some lane. Excuse me. If I would go with Chris Johnson, if you have a decent line. You have a decent line. Well, we have, we do have a decent line. I mean that that's that's a given. Um, what's your thoughts, I, I Jeff? Know, I know. I know his age has been the talk with the Cowboys, but who knows what that is going. What's your thought there, Jeff? You know, um, I think I agree. I mean, I, I think Johnson, uh, he's not what he was, but I think he could still run, and that's his his game, his speed. And uh, he's one of these guys. He's a track guy. He loves to run. I mean, I, I run, I feel like I'm going to drop dead, you know. But he is, <laughs> he's a track guy, you know. Uh, yeah. And, and um, he, he, I mean, I think at this point he'd be more of a third down back. But, of course, like a lot of good players, he's got the chip on his shoulder to prove again that he's more than that. I heard um, Dallas was interested in him. But Dallas is one of those teams, whenever any known player players available, everybody says Dallas is interested. I don't know if they really are. But, I mean, they got the, the king of injuries himself, Darren McFadden, you know, taking up space in their hot tub right now. So uh, uh, they, I, I don't know if they're looking for another running back. Well, they are because one of them just got hurt. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't know what their cap situation is either because uh, that's relevant. So. All right, Mike, I'm going to put you on the hot spot here. Your boy, uh, uh, number 88, with the big-time contract, uh, got into a scuffle uh, the other day, yesterday, day before yesterday, with a what, DB. What, what scuffle? What are you talking about? He got into his. Come on, Mike. He got into. He got a. He got a good little. He got into a well, little tete. I'm going to ask you again. What scuffle are you talking about? Well, okay. If you're in denial, then that's a different story. But he got into a little tete tete with a DB. I forget the guy's name. Um, they were going at it. Uh, I guess, and they had had probably enough of each other uh, at the time, and. and uh, got up in each other's face, a couple blows were, or slaps, or whatever you want to call them, were exchanged. And, uh, but supposedly after, after all, it was all said and done, they kissed and hugged and made up. Um, 
is that a and I I know probably know what your answer is going to be, but I got to ask ask you anyway. Well, what is my answer going to be? You tell me what my answer. What I don't know. I don't know. I, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I'm just saying. Is that a, a, a issue to deal to be a problem with this Bryant being a disruptive force, or is that just uh, training camp um, incidents that you don't need to, you don't even need to worry about? You know, it's the latter. Come on, man. Why? Well, like know I said, I, I I, I kind of figured what you were going to say, so <laughs> I, I was right. So that's all I can say. Um, Darren McFadden, okay, he's another one of these running backs, um, and, and I would have to put him in the same vein or Baron Arian Foster in the same vein as Darren McFadden. Seeing these guys always get nicked up, always with soft tissue injuries, hamstring. Growing hey, you, you know things, my things feelings, that nature. You know my feelings about McFadden. I didn't care that we signed him. I didn't care that he was here. I'm glad that he's hurt. I have full faith, 100% behind Joseph Randall being the starting running back this five season. Well, let me ask. Let me ask you something here, then. Okay. Now, you, now, just supposedly Joseph Randall is getting the rep as the as the number one back because quite naturally Darren McFadden's dinged up, um, nicked up. Don't know exactly when he's going to get on the field and be able to do the same things that Randall's doing. Is that a huge gamble because of the history of Joseph Randall and some wacky uh, things that he's done in the past? Uh, uh, how confident? You know, you say you're confident, but now you know that there's been some wacky stuff of a pro football player doing some wacky stuff, uh, um, some uh, trivial stuff taken out of the store that you would think that uh, a, a person that of means would, would be able to pay for and not uh, uh, walk out the store without purchasing it. If he's got that mindset now, and he's done some other stuff too. Uh, what's your thoughts that this guy is going to be on the straight and narrow for the season, as long as he stays healthy. Hey, they they sat down with him. They talked to him. They realized that he was a backup when those situations were occurring. He's going to be a starter this year. He's going to play to try to earn starter money. So I have to keep faith in Randall. 6.7 yards to carry. Our line has only got better. He's a home run hitter. I'm ready for the season to get started so he can prove people wrong. Oh, what's your thoughts, Jeff? You know, Talk about these fights in training camp. Uh, most of them are nothing. It's pushing and shoving. It's over with quick. The big thing is, you know, there's no bad blood. You know, uh, I'll tell you. I want to talk about Dallas receivers. You remember when Michael Irvin stabbed the guy in the neck? <laughs> remember yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. Um, Everett McIver, I think, was the name of the guy. Uh, one of the linemen. They got in a fight over who was going to get a haircut next. <laughs> It's not funny. That's a real fight. <laughs> and uh, that uh, Irvin had to make a financial settlement with the guy. I mean, that's messed up. I mean, that's really messed up. And uh, I probably was when Michael Irvin was having a drug problem or uh, dealing with that. But uh, I, I remember Jeremy Shockey got in a fight uh, about a day after he signed his contract uh, with Brandon Short, one of the linebackers, and uh, Jim Fossil's thing was um, if, if a couple guys got in a fight in training camp, they had to walk around for the rest of the day holding hands or something like that, <laughs> and it worked because the guys hated it so much. The only right? real fight that I can, I can remember was the, uh, Michael Westbrook and Stephen Davis. Now, that was a fight. With theirs and, and the guy did a couple of slaps, that's nothing. I mean, Westbrook pummeled Stephen Davis. That that was a training camp fight. You, you can't compare it to. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm just asking. Then we also have the uh, um, unfortunate, and and that I, I, this guy led the re receivers last year. Um, and uh, I was counting on him to have a better year, especially with Carson Palmer. But he winds up breaking three fingers, or fracturing three fingers, three fingers on his hand, and he's going to be out uh, four to six weeks at least. Um, I'm talking about Michael Michael Floyd, a receiver from the um, uh, uh, 
Arizona Cardinals uh, with that Bruce Arian offense, um, which they, he likes to put the ball down the field. Uh, what's your thoughts on him? I know John Brown is probably going to be a actively drafted um, because of uh, uh, Michael Floyd being out. Uh, what's your thoughts on that there, Jeff? Yeah, that's a, no pun intended. That's a tough break. Uh, I'll tell you, it's, um, some are even more serious. Seems like there's a lot of finger injuries. You know, there was the two on the 4th of July. Um, I mean, uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, I mean, totally unrelated. It's a non-football thing. He still hasn't shown up. I think um, he has communicated with the team. Um I think he, he won't pass the physical, so he's waiting until he's going to pass the physical to show up because if he doesn't pass the physical, they put him on the non-football injury list and they don't have to pay him. And uh, that guy really screwed up in a big way. But uh, fingers are important, obviously. But uh, I guess he could still run, so, uh, you know, his legs will be in shape. What's your thought there, Black? Yeah, that's unfortunate, but hopefully he'll get back on the field and get everything together with Kind of that was just unfortunate right there. All right. I just, I'm just reading a, uh, another article or an article, as you say, on profootballtalk.com that uh, one of my sleeper tight ends last year, and uh, I do believe that he's still a sleeper because uh, not many people still believe in this guy, but I still do. Sustained uh, 12 stitches in his hand in practice today down in Nashville. Talking about the uh, tight end Delaney uh, Walker. Um, another That's a name that uh, um, um, it's going to be uh, uh, make a difference, especially uh, in the te- for the Tennessee uh, Titans because of a young quarterback who uh, likes would, would definitely be dumping it off when he gets in trouble to the tight end. It's supposed to be out um, a couple days, but he got 12 stitches in his hand. So I, that coach is always that coach speak is always saying that oh, they won't be out that long, It'll be in a couple days or uh, uh, maybe a week or we'll sit him down. Um, and it always turns out to be something more than what it is because, uh, and they don't want to give up more than they have to on how bad an injury is to a player. Um, but 12 stitches is 12 stitches, especially in, in somebody's hand that, that and either happens to be a pass-catching tight end. So whether you have fractured fingers or 12 stitches, if you've seen a cut uh, that, that requires that many stitches, it's not something that you're going to be sitting down for a couple of days. Uh, I would think that uh, – um, and he still doesn't know whether any bones are broken in his hand from what I'm reading here. So uh, I guess they're going to probably do an MRI to make sure that uh, besides the uh, cut that's sustained and got and, and for the stitches that nothing else is going to be uh, um, uh, going to hamper him from coming back when he's available. All right, I'm going to take a break right now and come back. We'll still be talking about some football. Uh, maybe uh, uh, bring in some boxing because there's some there's some boxing news that we we'll talk about, and also uh, since last since last week, um, uh, we may talk about what took place in um, IFC 190. Um, for those who don't know what that is, when we come back off the break, I'll let you know what it is, and we'll talk. What me and the fellows will talk about it. Uh, stay tuned. We'll be right back after when I can find it. After these messages, see ya. Victor Gardner began the fantasy sports and politics brand with the idea of combining two of his passions into a radio show. He then learned that politics were 95% of sports. When you tune into the Fantasy Sports and Politics show every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern, Mr. FSP himself, Vic Gardner, and Jerry, the master tailor, will go over the weekend sports, prep you for your upcoming fantasy games, and spark a debate politicians would love to hear. 
That's the FSP Show every Saturday at 1 p.m. on blogtalkradio.com forward slash V-I-C-H-B-K. You can listen at spotonradio.web.com after the show as it streams 24-7, 365 for other informative programs as well. Information, motivation, variety. Thursday night is the right time to kick back and listen to the FSP Crew Show as they break down the weekend sports and prepare you for Thursday night football. 8 p.m. Eastern, just before the game starts, Jerry the Master Taylor hosts the show with Jeff the Joker Goldberg and Mike the Bookie Monster Wright. The three gentlemen debate and discuss a little bit of this, a little bit of that, a little bit of everything on the FSP Crew Show every Thursday night on blogtalkradio.com forward slash V-I-C-H-B-K, 8 p.m. Eastern. Eastern. You can listen at spotonradio.webs.com after the show as it streams 24-7, 365. And listen to other informative programs as well. Information, motivation, variety. Looking for fantasy sports advice? How about informative conversation? Look no further as the master plan features two men that can help in both areas. Jerry, the master tailor, and Lance, the NFL exporter Goodman, provide you with a fantasy fix live every Sunday morning on the master plan at blogtalkradio.com forward slash V-I-C-H-B-K at 10 a.m. Eastern Time. You can listen at spotonradio.webs.com after the show as it streams 24-7, 365, and listen to other informative programs as well. That's the master plan, Sundays, 10 a.m. Eastern on blogtalkradio.com forward slash V-I-C-H-B-K and streaming at spotonradio.webs.com. Information, motivation, variety, the master plan. All right. We are back. I am JTAKA, the master. I'm joined by my two co-hosts, Jeff the Joker and Mike Wright. Uh, we make up the uh, fantasy football, excuse me. We make up the fan- fantasy sports and politics crew, sh- which is the show that you're listening to. The number to call in is 347-637-3220. 347-637-3220 is the place to be. If you want to talk to um, Mike, Jeff, or me, or we're going to be talking some more football. And I want to talk about this guy because this is one of Mike's guys. One of Mike's guys. Title this guy, highly coming out of college. And I'm going to read this little short blurb I had of about him. And then I'm going to go to Mike first and ask him about what he thinks about this. Johnny football. Uh, Johnny Manziel will receive reps with the first team offense in Friday scrimmage. Coach Coach Mike Patine continues to insist Josh McGowan is firmly the starter, but firm starters don't see camp reps to potential challengers. Manziel's camp got off to a rocky start, start excuse me, but. ESPN Cleveland reported Tuesday they've made tangible progress. Patine and the Browns desperately want McGowan to start, and this is what I've been saying all along about Josh McGowan. He's a backup quarterback, and I still believe it firmly, but he simply might not be good enough. All right, Mike, I just read that to you from RotoWorld.com. It looks like uh, Johnny Football, they're going to see what he looks like with the first team. What is your thoughts, and are you ready to tell me I told you so? Look, man, the season hasn't started yet, okay? okay. I'm not giving up on my guy. He's looking bad. Yes, he's looking bad. I'm sorry to say he is looking bad, but the season hasn't started yet. So let the season come in and, and let my guy get some reps out there and see what happens. I'm still a Johnny football backer. I know that. Jeff, your thoughts? Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, I'd like to see Manziel play and do well because he, he, he's potentially an exciting player. But, uh, you know, it's all news. But he really uh, blew it last year because, uh, you know, he could have learned a lot. But I guess because of his distractions, he wasn't able to. And that's what you don't want to see, you know, a wasted year. You, you know, after 
you know, some guys after their rookie year, especially quarterback, they, they're ready. And, um, Manziel might not be. So, uh, but you know, the, the league needs quarterbacks. They need exciting players. Uh, and he potentially could be one. Um, I don't know who he'd be like. Maybe he'd be a little bit like a Doug Flutie with a little more, uh, you know, flair or whatever. And, uh, he's short, but, uh, uh, he's got big hands. That helps if you're short. Ask Russell Wilson. Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, I'd like to see him get a shot. And, uh, you know, uh, I, I like to see exciting players. I liked uh, watching Michael Vick when he was, uh, you know, early in his career. So, uh, uh, but, you know, you got to earn it. You know, it's not easy. All right. And we're going, like I said, we're going through different training camp because this, this, is, this is a, I would say, who's you who. Just love, you just love killing my guy. No, it's not no, enough no. that I had to sit and watch a terrible Mets and National Series where you guys <laughs> swept it, and it, it absolutely crushed my heart to see Tyler <laughs> Clifford in a Mets uniform. And then I, I come on the show, I'm highly on the show, I, I make it to the show, and then you just crush all of my guys, man. What's wait, going a minute, on? wait a minute, wait, wait a minute, Mike. Now, now you have to think. Now, see, I, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't come at you like you came at me with Aaron Foster. I, I know you're a national. I know you're a Nationals fan, and I know my Mets who dominated uh, with the pitching, uh, um, at, wore out your Nationals. But I, I didn't even throw it up in your face. I just let it go, <laughs> just let it go, because and, and let you deal with the with the misery of what took place, um, with the Mets and the Nationals. But since you brought it up, you know, I, I mean, oh, we were talking about we were we were. We were talking about football, but since you brought it up, and you know, I wasn't going to bring it up. I was going to just let it go. But since you brought it up, um, your Nationals, in my opinion, and, and I and I, I'm not. I don't think I'm going out on lit here. I feel are in trouble. Simple, and this is the reason why I think, and I'll get Jeff's input on this too. The Mets have, uh, in my opinion, probably the best pitching staff, and. Pitching staff, young pitching staff, maybe not in, in um, relief pitchers, but starting pitchers than all of baseball right now. Um, they have three solid starters that are envy of a lot of teams in Matt Harvey, Noah Syndergaard, and it, especially Jason DeGrom. Um, now, Steve Matz is supposed to be coming back shortly. Uh, he only showed briefly in two games, and he showed pretty well. Um, and it, Jonathan Neath has been pretty decent, and Bartolo Colon is pick, picking up the rear. We've got Tyler Clippert that can e be either used as a closer or a setup man for uh, Familia. And the thing about it was this, and, and somebody who was a Yankee fan had been all over my neck be uh, earlier, at least a month ago, about the Mets, and, I, and this is exactly what I told him. The Mets had the worst batting average of all of baseball hitting it in, in, in less than 230 around 230 but their pitching was keep, keeping them in games and they were only two or three games out of first place to the nationals which tell me if they start hitting or if they get some hitters the the uh national uh the uh nl east would be in trouble with the nationals well they picked up some pretty decent hitters, including Yohannes S. Cespedes, and they're hitting uh, along with getting quality pitching. I don't know what your thoughts are about the possibility of the Mets taking an NL East, but I think there's a strong possibility that will happen. Talk to me, Jeff. You know, I don't, I don't follow baseball much, but because I live in the New York area, I hear a lot about the Mets and, um, uh, from, you know, I watched a lot of baseball as a kid. The, the thing that's strange about the Mets is th there have been in baseball teams with great pitching and like hitting the win, but those teams usually have good defense and good base running, and the Mets don't have that. And, you know, it's hard to get go out and get a bunch of sluggers, but – if they were able to build a team in which, you know, the, the former GM and the scouting staff did a good job of developing that pitching talent, but if, if they could have had an everyday lineup, a guys who were good defenders and good base runners, 
they, they'd have a few more wins, you know. I mean, uh, you know, you could win with uh, pitching defense and speed. You really can. So, very, very strange team. All right, Mike, talk to me. What do you want me to talk to you about, man? Are we tired right now? Are you guys up? Uh, uh, we're up by two right now, Mike. Ah, Lord. Uh, we're we're, we're going we're gonna to catch you guys, and we'll be taking the NL East clown. So don't, don't have any reservations for you. Well, as far as I know, if I can recall, I think we have at least six games left to to, to go up against each other. If I'm not mistaken, I think I think it's at least six six games. It could be more. Um, so it should be very interesting. Uh, I, I know you guys are getting some of your um, your bats and and your pitchers back that have been hurt. Uh, so it like it, it should be pretty interesting going down the stretch, the dog days in August and, and into September. Who's going to uh, win the NL East? Because I don't think either one of these teams that uh, don't win the NL East will be in the wild card hunt. Um, I think uh, it'll be some some other teams in the other divisions that will be able to get the wild card. So it's either win a division and into the playoffs or sit and, and, and wait until next year. All right. Um, let's transition back to football because um, one of the guys that I, I had broached uh, that I thought was a uh, bona fide sleeper uh, that um, is probably going to get his chance sooner rather than later. Um, in fact, I had him in my listing of uh, uh, running backs, my ranking of running backs that I got on the um, www.spotonradios.com website in the uh, fantasy, fo- fantasy foxhole. Um, Click on that link and you'll be able to get the rankings of uh, uh, tight ends, wide receivers, running backs, and quarterbacks. And in the quarterbacks rank ranking, I have him number 24. Um, and I think he maybe may move up the ladder um, uh, because of the – and I know it's a slight injury. But uh, if you get an opportunity – that's all you need, especially if you're a rookie and you happen to be showing well um, that uh, Tevin Coleman uh, should be having a very good opportunity because of uh, Devontae Freeman, who's dealing with a hamstring injury, deemed as not serious, but he's going to be sidelined for a bit. Um, anytime a, a running back has a hamstring injury, um, it, it, it's a problem. Uh, if they don't get it completely healed, you can almost guarantee that's going to come back again and, and bite them at the most inopportune time. Uh, so uh, about this time in training camp, you have guys that are getting fatigued um, early part of training camp before they hit the first uh, preseason game, start getting these soft tissue injuries, hamstrings, groins, and things like that. And uh, Devonta Freeman has been bitten by that, and Tevin, Tevin Coleman is dealing with a hamstring himself. But I think uh, he, he's better off um, than uh, Devontae Freeman. And uh, that's going to be one of these um, uh, training camp battles um, that uh, is going to take place to see uh, who's going to be the top dog in that in that uh, de- offense. Uh, got a defensive coach that that uh, is conservative, comes from uh, the uh, Seattle um, coaching tree. Uh, he's probably going to want to do the same thing, try to run the football a lot but more and play a little defense. So he, he wants a, a bell cow or a guy that's going to be able to run the ball. Tevin Coleman, I think, excuse me, Te- Tevin Coleman, I think is going to do that. And also there's another one I wanted to, to talk about because uh, this guy is not on the radar. Uh, and it may be a guy that uh, uh, people may want to look at. Kamar Aiken is listed with the first team offense on the Ravens' first depth chart of training camp. Um, and uh, he may be a, a guy that um, moves to the forefront um, because of the fact 
that uh, they're dealing with a 30-something-year-old wide receiver as the main go-to guy, which is Steve Smith Sr. Um, so you got young guys on the other side, and Kamar Aiken or, or Crockett Gilmore or, 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 or Max Williams or um, Brashard Pyramid, who they picked up last, last draft in the first round. Uh, who's got a got a case of uh, I don't know know if I can catch the ball or I want to catch the ball hands a brick and he happens to be a wide receiver. I don't know if you what do, you've do heard anything. Still, do, they, do they still have that six foot six guy? Excuse me. Do they still have that six foot six guy at uh, wide receiver the Ravens? Uh, as far as I know, do yeah. Why? Oh, they do have him. Oh, okay, I, I wonder how he's doing the chat. Uh, I'm not sure about that, but um, uh, I haven't heard anything about him, so he, apparently he hasn't been standing out. Uh, I know Kamar Aiken uh, is probably somebody to look at. You get, Like I said, you got Steve Smith and uh, and who else? That's what I'm talking about. You got Steve Smith and who else? Um, doesn't look like Sharp Pyramid is going to be any kind of um, uh, uh, wide receiver in the first year, or if ever, because of uh, the problem he has catching the football. So uh, well, that's another thing to look at. Um, in, in the uh, Deshaun Jackson, just uh, uh, sprained his AC joint. He's going to be out for a couple of weeks. Um, Kevin White, another wide receiver that got drafted – uh, by the uh, Chicago Bears, is dealing with shin splints, um, and uh, he hasn't. He's yet to get on the freaking uh, um, in, in the training camp and in practice. Um, uh, you have to think that how effective is he going to be when he finally does get on there? If if this is going to be something lingering, um, uh, shin splints. I mean. Wow, I'm, I don't know, man. Uh, uh, and uh, this guy, I really like. I really like this guy. I think this is the next breakout guy. I said it on my show on uh, Sunday or l- last week or whatever it was. Uh, last week, not uh, not this past Sunday, but the f- Sunday I was doing the running backs. I've, I've called out and said about Arian Foster. And, and, and that was right. I called out and said Jamal Charles, and I was right. I called out and said Le'Veon Bell, and last year that was right. I'm calling this guy out this year. I know he sits on a team that a lot of people don't think too much of, but this guy is, is built to run. Uh, he showed some of what he could do last year. Uh, I think he's primed, and from what I'm hearing and from what I'm seeing, this guy is ready to go. He's not going to go. He's going to go until probably the fifth or sixth round, and maybe even lower than that. Uh, which all these other guys that I just named prior, they were picked in the fifth and sixth round, and I think this guy is, is one of those type of guys that is going to be picked in the fifth and sixth round. Um, he comes out of the West Coast. He comes out of the AFC. Um, I know a lot of people don't think too much of him. I think a lot of this guy, I like what I saw last year, I really liked. Um, he, 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 he's got the same last name as the guy who ran the most – Yard, who had the most yardage in the NFL last year, moved on from Dallas to, to uh, um, um, Philadelphia. But this guy resides on the, uh, on the uh, West Coast, plays for the uh, Silver and Black. I'm talking about Latavius Murray. Uh, I, I, I don't know what you guys think. Um, and I think I'm gonna go to Black first because he he must not think too <laughs> he must not think too much of it, which is fine by me because when we get in the same league, I grab this guy. You're gonna say, "Damn, I should have listened," but that's okay. Talk to me, Mike. <laughs> what do you think of Latavius Murray? Uh, he, he's okay. He's all right. Uh, he, he's on a bad team. I mean, I, I don't know what what he can do there. I'm not sure what he can do there. I don't even know what the scuttlebutt is about him out of camp. You, you guys are up in New York. Are any rookies making any impact on the Jets or the Giants that you've heard about? Because I'm down here in the DMV. 
and all the ravings are going to one young Jameson Crowder, the Washington Redskins wide receiver. They said this guy looks absolutely fantastic in camp, so that's another guy to keep keep your eyes on. Slot receiver. They're thinking that uh, Andre Roberts and thinking his spot to be in trouble. Okay. Jeff, your thoughts? Davius Murray, I think he's a guy for fantasy people are getting a little too excited about because he's yet to put together a whole season. I okay. actually like his backup, um, uh, Roy Hallou, who the Raiders signed from the Redskins, who's a very good receiver and a pretty good goal line guy. Um, but, you know, there's it happens every year in fantasy, and, you know, you got to be looking ahead. But you also want some kind of track record, too. Um, and, uh, you usually, for me to get excited about a guy, he's got to put together a whole season and Murray hasn't done that yet. And another okay. guy who people are getting excited about, uh, is, uh, Carlos Hyde and, uh, yeah, you know, he, he looked okay last year, but you know, he, he's never done it full time. And that, that's looking, uh, you know, the 49ers look like the Titanic after half the people left. I mean, that, that, that team looks like a disaster. Well, let me clue you guys in. You guys don't know or not, but the 49ers plan to do a running back by committee. Um, so Carlos Hyde, I mean, he may get the majority of the carries, but um, he's going to – He you got Reggie Bush there also. So uh, I can guarantee you that uh, um, that they're, they're going to – maybe not an even split, but – it the the carries aren't aren't going to be uh, Frank Gore like. Let me put it that way for Carlos Hyde. So um, uh, and, and as soon as Reggie Bush was signed, you knew that wasn't going to happen. As long as Reggie Bush is healthy, he's going to get the, uh, some of the um, running back uh, opportunities. Maybe not in the running portion, but in the passing part of, of the game, which is going to take away from the value of uh, Carlos Hyde. All right. Uh, let's talk about this because uh, I, I watched the replay, <laughs> 34 seconds worth of a replay. Um, what I'm talking about is uh, uh, Rowdy, Ronda Rousey, uh, in IFC 90. She happened to be the uh, uh, main event uh, against the um, uh, Correa. Uh, both of them are undefeated. Um, both of them, uh, well, especially uh, Correa, who was, who was a native of Brazil, this took place in Brazil, uh, had a, a majority of Brazilian uh, fighters um, in the matches. And like I said, uh, Rousey and Correa were the uh, main event. Uh, Correa talked about uh, um, Rousey's mother and I think attempted suicide of a mother or the um, father, one or, the, one or the other, but it made it personal. Let me put it that way. Um, they got into the um, weigh-in, and just like just like boxing, just like a lot of uh, weigh-ins, they come face to face. And these two women were like uh, uh, um, nose hairs away from each other, face to face. And with the Correa um, yelling to Rousey, "Don't cry!" And and uh, and I'll say the reason why I'm saying this is because you'll 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 find out when I get into this further was telling uh, Rousey over and over again, uh, when it, once you stand into Rousey's eyes, don't cry, don't cry, meaning she was trying to intimidate her quite naturally, uh, and chanting, don't cry. So comes the match, uh, around midnight or so, stroke of midnight or whatever that on Saturday night, and the, these two women get up in the, uh, in, into the octagon, um, the bell tones, and within 34 seconds, Rousey, knocked her to f- out and as she walked away as the ref was picking uh, Correa up Ronda Rousey said to uh, Correa don't cry don't cry don't cry I don't know if you guys saw the replay of this it's only with 34 seconds uh, just like a lot of Rousey's fights they don't last that long um, but this time she knocked her out Versus the other opponents, that he she used a submission hold. What's your thoughts, Ronda Rousey? Um, she's probably the biggest name, especially in in uh, um, mixed martial arts. 
and uh, a big name in sports right now. What's your thoughts, Mike? I have no thoughts on Ronda Rousey. I don't even know any of the women in the UFC. It just sounds like she's tumbling a bunch of cab drivers. It's the same like uh, I compare her to Triple G in boxing. Triple G is the sport cab drivers. He has an 80% knockout rate. He hasn't really fought anybody. I don't know what woman is in the, the UFC and MMA. I have no clue about any of them. I, I think she's just a fan. I hear people talking about she's approaching Mike Tyson's status, but Tyson's for real guys. I, I don't know who, who around around this fight. That's the only name I out of MMA. What's your thoughts on this, Jeff? She- yeah, I mean, I don't follow uh, MMA. I don't really care for it too much. Um you know, I don't like all that huffing and puffing before a fight because, you know, in boxing or MMA, because if I want to see that nonsense, I'll watch wrestling, you know. And um, uh, this Ronda Rousey might be a good MMA uh, fighter, but there might not be any good opponents. And you need, you know, because it's a relatively new sport, you need competition to, you know, to sell it, to, to entertain the fans. I mean... Who wants to pay to see 30-second uh, fights? It's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't like that kind of stuff, like whatever she was saying to that other girl. Ridiculous. Okay. Well, I just wanted to bring it up. I thought you guys may have been interested. I'm not a big IFC guy, uh, uh, you, uh, guy like that, um, but uh, I, I watched it because I, I knew there was a little hype to it. And and quite naturally, uh, um, with the help of uh, Mr. Mike Wright, I was able to watch it, um, and I appreciate that. Uh, <laughs> You're welcome, sir. You're always welcome. <laughs> <laughs> with that being said, we are at the end of the show. Uh, I'm going to go to Mike and then uh, um, uh, Jeff. Maybe I brought didn't bring something up that you would have want to bring up now. Um, yeah, or man. not. Jeff, Jeff, um, Jeff, he just touched on wrestling, so with that being said, man, rest in peace to the man, Roddy Roddy Piper, man. Terrible yeah, news yes. coming out of uh, wrestling this week. Man, that, that guy is the only guy who could possibly get me in the kill. So I got to say rest in peace to that guy, man. He was, he was a great, great, great showman, Roddy Roddy Piper. Okay. What about you, Jeff? Yeah. Black beat me to it. Yeah, when I was a kid, uh, Roddy was the man, and uh, probably one of the best ever on the microphone. Uh, yep. But he could do it in the ring too, and uh, he did some acting too. And uh, yeah, um, he, he had he's, he had a battle with cancer, and then uh, Saturday he passed away from a heart attack. Um, so I'd like to think he's up there in heaven having a cold one with the American Dream, Dusty Rhodes, you know. <laughs> Hopefully. I hear you. Uh, yep. Uh, um, um, and this Saturday, uh, Hall of Fame induction, you got a very yep. Yep. strong class. But every year, you know, it's, you know, only the greats go in. And uh, there's been a little controversy about um, Junior Seau's daughter not being allowed to speak. But, you know, the, those are the rules, which they changed a couple of years ago. And now <laughs> it came out a few hours ago that the picture on the banner is say out in a Patriots uniform, not San Diego where we played 13 years wow. and had his best seasons. It's really? Like, I don't get that. And really? This is the thing. Yeah, really. And I mean, right. He played four seasons for the Patriots, but his best years were in San Diego. And he's, he's remembered as, uh, as a charger. You gotta be kidding right, me. Right. I'll tell you, you gotta give, I mean, he, most guys, very few guys could play 20 years in the NFL and it's not the kind of league where they'll keep you around for a couple of years if you can't do anything. But right. That's, that's how great a player he was. Um, now, the uh, I don't know. It could have been an accident. But you know what? You should be more careful than that. And the Hall of Fame says they're separate from the NFL. But come on. They got to be in bed together because, you know, about not letting Sayal's daughter speak. Because years ago they used to let, if the inductee was deceased, they let someone, you know, a relative speak but they changed that rule a few years ago i don't know why so yeah well from what i uniform from what i understand jeff i think she's going to be allowed to speak uh, i think they were kind of afraid that she was going to speak on on, on the uh, lawsuit i think they have with the nfl but um 
so originally she wasn't going to speak, but now I think they, they she, they're allowed, they're allowing her to speak. Um, but I'm really surprised that he's going to go in as a Patriot and well, not a uh, charger. I mean, it's not that he's going in as a Patriot, but the picture on the banner is in a Patriot Jersey. And I think like in, That's a in travesty. baseball, in baseball, you go in as a certain team. I don't think you go in as a certain team in football. I, I don't think you officially go in as a team. Because you know, that, that, uh, if that's the case, that's a travesty. Because he he yeah. made his he made his he made his uh, uh, he made his uh, mark as a San Diego Charger, not a Patriot. Unbelievable. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm, All I'm right. All right, and and with that being said, the Hall of Fame game, the first preseason game, it's on 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 Sunday. Yes, Man, sir. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I, yes. you know, I'm, I'm gonna be glued to the TV because football is right around the corner. And speaking of football, I, I, I think I have it the greatest because my birthday is always August 9th, and August 9th is always when the football game comes on. So well, Mr. Or well, Mr. Wright, uh, if I don't get a chance to say it on Sunday, I'm saying it now. Happy early uh, birthday. Hope you enjoy Same it. Here. Hope, Same here. Uh, and, uh, um, Thank you, guys. Thank you. I and, appreciate the both of you. And many more to come. Uh, with that being said, people, we are out of here. We're going to be back next week at 8 o'clock Eastern Standard Time on this Thursday, uh, which would be a uh, the 13th of um, uh, August. Time's flying by. We're going to be in the middle of August before you know it. Summertime and, and it's going to be over and, and it's, it's uh, less than what, 40 days before the first uh, NFL game? Um, oh, oh, really we, quick, really quick before, before you guys go. The 23rd or the 30th for the draft? Um, 23rd is better for me. 23rd, 23rd. What about you? Well, let me let me put it this way. Depending on what it is, I got it. I got a draft on the thirtieth, which I'm running. I got two drafts on the thirtieth, and, and I got a, a, a draft on the twenty uh, third at one o'clock. If you can make it later, fine. Um, but the twenty third and the thirtieth are two bad days for me. Hmm. Uh, how long do you think your one o'clock will be? At least four hours. It's a live draft. It's a live draft. You, you mean in person? Yeah. Yeah, it's a live draft in person. Yeah, live draft. I got I, I, I got a draft on the 29th, and that one's an auction. Those things go on all For, day. Forever, yeah. And yeah. now it's, it's, it's 14 teams now. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'll be, wow. I'll be all day on that. Yeah. Um, if you want to make it... I guess I, yeah, I guess I email you guys. Then I, I was thinking about three or four o'clock, but if you're gonna be in a long drive like that, I, I have to rework something. Up. You can make it uh, six or seven. That'd be good. On the twenty third, uh, you, you got to send uh, emails. Yeah. Yeah, I got to pitch it around and see. Okay. All right. With that being said, I uh, appreciate you guys uh, joining me tonight. I appreciate whoever's listening still. Uh, uh, joining uh, joining us tonight, and for those who are catching us on the archives, thank you for uh, uh, logging on and listening to the FSP Crew Show. We'll be back again, like I said, next Thursday, 8 p.m. We're out. Yeah, it's Mr. Encore, fantasy sports and politics crew. Yeah, check fantasy sports and politics. Ain't no other talk show hot as this Cover every sport and we get it all right Log on the site, you can listen tonight Talk about the game, who in first place You can even call up, state your own case Football, b-ball, soccer too Log on, ain't nobody stopping you It's fantasy sports and politics crew Yeah, yeah, come on Fantasy sports and politics crew Yeah Fantasy sports and politics crew
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.